Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hi, I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. On this episode, we're going to talk some rock, some metal, and anything else we feel like. We're also going to jam some tunes, have a drink, and share some honest opinions. Thanks for listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Let's get things started. Hey, welcome to the Talking Metal Podcast. My name is Mark Striegel, and we are doing a best of end of the year edition here. But this is a a little bit different than the best of just 2019, because, of course, we are at the end of... The decade, and I remember as a kid, I used to listen to uh, like Dick Clark on on the AM radio, and I have this vivid memory of the end of the decade Dick Clark uh, top whatever it was countdown show. Uh, listening to it on WABC radio as I was driving back home from our our winter vacation, and it was 1980, and I remember Dick Clark playing all the greatest songs of 1980 and listening to it for hours and hours in the car as we drove home, and and it was monumental for me because you know I was super young in the early. Uh, years of the of the 70s and didn't really know that music so he turned me on to stuff and uh man dick clark just doesn't get as as much credit as as uh, he should deserve and as far as music goes i mean he's you know i don't know but anyways i'm here with joey haney of the rock strikes 10 podcast and he is the man who is programming this episode joey how are you Mark, I'm doing great. It's great to be here. Uh, it's one of the things I look forward to is doing the uh, year end for Talking Metal. And I appreciate you having me back as always. It's an honor. Random thoughts on Dick Clark. I, I grew up on Dick Clark programming, like all the way, you know, even the 80s version of American Bandstand. That was definitely my safety. That was one of my big gateways to music. You know, I used to right. hear him on the radio too. But mo- most importantly, yeah, like like the time I would get to stay up on New Year's Eve and watch Rock and Eve, that was a big deal for me because I was never up that late ever. So it was like that and American Bandstand, of course. I think we talked about this on Talking Rock uh, recently. 
the stuff that he would program like you know he was a big part of those early mtv video awards and the great american music awards those were such fun shows to watch not stuffy very fan friendly so I, i really appreciate those shows now for what they were absolutely and and you know he uh Gene Simmons always points to him as somebody who is very influential on, on helping Kiss reach the masses. He gave them some early breaks. And I remember on that 1980, uh, you know, best of the decade being the 70s, he, he, play, he played Kiss on, on that. And, and people don't realize it nowadays, but Kiss on the radio in the 70s, Despite what all the silly movies and stuff imply, Kiss on the radio in the 70s was a very rare thing. Um, You know, they they didn't they were they were the silly band that the youngsters liked, you know, the, the, the hipster New York crowd, you know, who was able to accept Zeppelin and the Grateful Dead and Credence and Pink Floyd like they just didn't they didn't get Kiss and so Kiss didn't get a lot of FM radio rock play sure a little bit here and there but nothing compared to you know Kansas nothing you know and and they would occasionally slip on the top 40 radio which was a very different platform with songs like you know uh, rock and roll all night the live version slipped onto the the charts for a brief second in new york groove i remember by ace fraley slipping onto the charts for a brief second and of course i was made for loving you uh very much on the charts as far as i remember as a a little nine-year-old listening to am radio but then when i'd flip over to fm kiss was virtually un touched by the FM radio stations in in the New York market in the late 70s when I started listening to those and then when I moved to the Midwest there was you know by that point Kiss was just so uncool that there was no Kiss anywhere I I mean no one touched Kiss Um, which was odd because you know at that point the Ozzy solo records were getting a lot of airplay in the Midwest stations and and you know it was definitely some hard rock stuff on the radio there but kiss was uh you know just not cool at that point um until they kind of reinvented themselves with look it up then it was a a different story but anyways enough of that let's let's (laughs) talk about this past decade joey because there's been some great music that's come out this past decade i have trouble keeping up with all of it which is why i always love having you on these year-end shows and i know we we didn't make it happen last year it was a little crazy but 2017 we had you on i think 2016 too so i'm glad you're back for 2019 so we're gonna again do it a little different we're doing the decade so First, I was thinking, oh, that would be 2009 through 2019, but no, no, we're doing the decade. So it's 2010 uh, through this right year. Now. Yeah, yeah, because 2009 <laughs> would have, for me, would have been that Alice in Chains record was <clears throat> was really big record that year. Um, what was your favorite record, or are they the, your favorite records, Joey? Well, what I did, and this or is most important thing. records, I don't know. Yeah, well, this is a special thing I wanted to do for Talking Metal, you know, try to keep it in the format a little bit to hard rock and heavy metal. So basically just kind of like 
my favorite hard rocker metal things of right. each year. So this is actually not a spoiler for my countdown, which I'm doing at the beginning of the new decade. Uh, I just figured I'd what made my metal year that year, basically, right. or something interesting that maybe enough people didn't talk about. So there's some things in here that are obvious, but there's some things in here that hopefully some people might catch on for the first time just because of the show. So I just kind of wanted to do it that way. Like starting off here, 2010 uh, really defined what my hard rock metal hope was for this decade. And it was a hope at this point. This was like a, wow, I hope people catch on to this band because after a while, some of the other bands were starting to be like, oh yeah, check it these guys out. And they were getting endorsed by some major acts. And so I think that helped as well. But uh, Ghost came on the scene in 2010 and for me, and I know you're you're a fan as well, Mark. I mean, this I, I got lucky. Yes. I, I heard the first. I, I album didn't really get out. exposed to them until that second album, and then I went back and discovered the the first album. But yes, I love Ghost, my favorite band of modern time for sure. Yeah, and hearing that first album with that intro, and it's like, and even the production on the first album to the second album jumps quite a bit. But at the same time, I, I feel like it was very authentic and it made sense, but man, just the rawness of that first album, you could tell they're recording on like old stuff, you know, it's, it's all on tape. I mean, if it's on pro tools, that's, that's ridiculous if it is, but it just sounds like it's like old boards, old two inch tape, that kind of stuff. Even the equipment, the guitars, like everything sounds vintage on that thing. And it, you know, people were comparing them to Sabbath. Some people were comparing to merciful fate, but I think that's more of a visual thing, honestly. I don't really hear a lot of merciful fate in there. And the right, first album, I mean, you know, I mean, I can hear some of that really. merciful fate, like rawness um, that that merciful fate had on on those first two albums. I, I yeah. could see, I could see that, but yeah, no, no, I'm with you. They don't. They're if merciful fate is an influence, I feel like it's it's a subtle, more minor influence. Yeah, probably just a European thing also, you know, just because they are from Sweden, and which isn't too far from where Merciful Fate made it from, you know, initially. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you, you hear tons of 70s classic rock, especially Blue Oyster Cult, of course. I mean, like, really hearing Ritual for the first time. And I'm like, this is this could easily be in the best of the the Blue Oyster Cult catalog right there. Because yeah, I hear so people say that a lot. Edgy. I don't see. I don't know Blue Oyster Cult enough, honestly, to to comment on that. But uh, I don't know. To me, it. I, I just. I. I don't hear it. But again, I'm. I'm not uh, anybody who's an authority on Blue Oyster Cult. Quite. Quite the opposite. But. But sure. yeah, I hear that that uh, um, reference a lot yeah and just for me my personal taste over the years like what i like in my classic metal bands and something that you know definitely i think def got lost at the beginning of the 2000s really is the lack of pop sensibility right and you know i'm, I'm a guy like yeah i love like a, a record like screaming for vengeance by priest which gets heralded a lot but i also equally love you know, point of entry and, and turbo and things like that. That might be taking it to extremes, but point of entry, you know, great is record. the, the unheralded, especially side one of that. So good. Yeah. And, and in that canon of like that, that run that they had, 
you know, with defenders and, you know, and, and of course, British Steel. Like that one is kind of like the least favorite of the four of that run. But I, I think it's such a cool, fun record. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that they were just writing hooks, you know. And so taking something like this, and I was trying to sell people on Ghost much in the same way I would try to sell people on System of a Down prior to the 2000s, like throwing in all these different genres and people looking at me confused. So it's like, Hey, check out this Swedish satanic pop metal band. They're really good. You know? So right, and now right. of course, they've just taken over everything, which is awesome. Uh, but it started with, with Opus eponymous and, you know, I've been really enjoying the journey. I know some people, some old school people <laughs> quote old school people for this band have maybe right. fallen off, but you know, I, I, I've enjoyed everything I've heard. The second album is probably the best overall. Uh, maybe I don't know, but it every it depends on the day. Uh, yeah, I agree. So, but but 2010 really kicked it off with Ghost for me, and uh, so I was really happy that they they came into uh, my metal life here. So right, me <laughs> yeah. too. A great band and so many good songs off of that first Ghost record, as you've mentioned. I, I want to play one. I don't know what you have picked out, Joey, but I'll, I would do anyone but Ritual just because I feel like that's kind of overplayed. Satan's Prayer, Stand By Him are both great numbers. What are you thinking? Yeah, both of those are great. So you go with what you want, man. I, I have no problem with anything on this record. Let's do this one. This is called Satan Prayer, um, again, by Ghost from 2010 here on Talking Metal. Believing one God do Satan Coming up, see. 
coming of sea. Here I sit and pray, now I'm dying to see you creep. Here I sit and pray, for the coming of sea. Here I sit and pray. Ghost here on Talking Metal. I am with Joey Haney, who has his own podcast, The Rock Strikes 10 Podcast, available on all your favorite podcasting apps and platforms. And we are counting down the decade. We just heard some Ghost from 2010, the best of the decade, guys, as picked by Joey Haney. And we're trying to make this not be a super long three-hour episode, so let's keep things moving. Let's move on to 2011. Take us back, Joey. What was going on in 2011? What was the definitive album of that year for you as far as hard rock and metal go? This one's easy for me. Uh, My favorite of the big four, and that's Anthrax. Right. I don't know a lot of bands that could be 30 years into the game, and they were legit 30 years into the game at this point, with arguably, I would argue, this might be their best album, maybe even ever, and that's Worship Music. Uh, that might be considered a bold statement, but this album had everything going against it, and I still think it just killed. There's not a, there's not a weak track on it, and I remember buying it uh, the day it came out, through the uh, you know put the cd in the computer put it on the ipod and i was like in the dark listening to it kind of like going through the lyric sheet also like doing it old school and i remember being at the end of it and being like oh there's still some time on there and anthrax has done ghost tracks before and some of them have been kind of a letdown a snippet of a song little instrumental piece maybe then they throw in a cover of Refuse New Noise. So you take this perfect album and right. you put like, oh, a band that does great covers as well, doing one of my favorite songs ever. So for me, this is just a 10 or a 100, depending on how you score things. And it's just a super strong record. Great hooks. The riffs are killer. The production's amazing. The fact that they didn't even conceive this album with Joey Belladonna even in mind at the beginning of it. And he comes in last minute and puts down his best stuff at that point, I think. Right, right. Yeah, now correct uh, me if I'm wrong, but th- the way it, it played out was at some point earlier, like 2004, 2005, Anthrax do a reunion with Dan Spitz, I believe, and Joey Belladonna. That yeah. kind of falls apart. <laughs> they kind of flounder a little bit there with what to do with the uh, the vocals. I, I wouldn't say it falls apart. It plays its course, uh, but yeah. they are pretty confident that they're not going to do anything new with Joe, Joey Belladonna, their yeah. singer from the classic era of Anthrax. They get some guy, Dan Nelson, and then there's some spat in the press with him. It doesn't work out, but and, and he had recorded the record with him, I believe, um, and and wrote the record with him, which is kind of interesting. You have to wonder how how much of his songwriting played into making yeah. this great. Uh, we may never know, but but uh, Joey comes in and tweaks the songs, does a little writing with them, and lays down all the vocals at the last minute, as you said. And they come out with 
a great record and kind of their return, their first record in a long time too. At that point they'd been without a record for like eight, nine years or something like that. So yeah, interesting. And, uh, I, I'm always curious to how, how much, how much was Dan Nelson's involvement, uh, in this record and, and did it have anything to do with it being so great? Because they do credit him as a songwriter on, on a lot of the tracks. So, yeah. um, as far as I know, and that that's like I guess like the Netflix version also, like of the bio, so there was actually four singers that were attached or have at least worked worked on some of this album. But by the time it was said and done, right. So after Joey doesn't work out, the obvious thing is, well, we'd like to bring John back, and you know they they did. I think the last two albums they did with John, Volume Eight, and We've Come for You All, were amazing. We've Come records. for You All was great, yeah. Yeah, records that are still waiting to be discovered, in my opinion. But so the thing with John is John had like started a family recently, and he also was getting good jobs. Like he did the Burger King spots, and that was good money. And so it's kind of one of those things where he, you know, maybe he felt a little slight. I'm just theorizing here. So he was like, no, you know, I'm going to stay home. So even though I think he did do some stuff, he did a few shows with them. Uh, but then the Dan Nelson thing just they did the whole album with him. They even did B sides with him. They did everything with him. I actually saw one of the very few Dan Nelson shows wow. uh, at Rock, Rock, Oklahoma 2009. But even oh, I didn't uh, even know they did shows with him. Wow. They did about six, I want to say, maybe even less. But, yeah, I saw one of those Dan Nelson shows. And, yeah, he was he was not going to work out. Uh, nothing really wrong with him vocally. He was kind of a Phil Anselmo type. And. It just didn't have that fun feel to it the way it should, you know, kind of. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a bummer, but right. I'm huh. kind of glad it didn't work out, honestly. Right. But then also, Corey Taylor was going to come in and sing on this album. Oh, I don't wow. know if that was before or after Nelson. I think it might have even been after. But Corey's a massive Anthrax fan. I saw him watch an entire Anthrax set from the side of the stage on the soundboard singing every lyric. Wow. Uh, and so he was going to be the guy that sang on this. It was, you know, one of those things they say it's legal bullshit. So it didn't happen. But imagine what that would have been. Uh, definitely more attention would have been put to it for sure. But, you know, so the, literally four people had a kind of a shot at this album. Going back to Joey and, of course, you know, changing their own dialogue to be like, no, Joey's the guy. This is the classic sound. Right. But at the same time the fact that this album is as good as I think it is, is kind of a miracle because like, you know, I'm sure Joey had zero input on the creativity of this. Maybe he threw in some lyrics, who knows? Yeah. Well, they did give him a songwriting credit. So there must be something that he did, you know? Yeah. But it sounds like a true strong band effort. And that's to their credit just to how good they are. But this album is just, I call it a perfect metal album. I truly believe that it is. It's, it's great. Worship music, from 2011 by Anthrax. Let's we can't we can't not play a song off of it at this point. So what what can we uh, what can we hit off this album, Joey? Well, just like any perfect album, it kind of peaks in the middle, and I think that's for in the end. In the end is like the song that defines uh, this album for sure.
was a little Anthrax from 2011 here on Talking Metal. All the music picked by Joey Haney on this episode. Joey, uh, big shout out to your podcast, the Rock Strikes 10 podcast. Where can people get in touch with you guys? Where's the best place to hook up with with you? Well, the main site is cnjradio.com. Of course, you know, we're on Apple Podcasts. We have six podcasts, by the way, on cnjradio.com. But also, for the first time ever, we are on Spotify. So you can actually get every episode of Rock Strikes 10 on Spotify as well. And, of course, at the beginning of the decade, we'll be doing the top 100 of the decade. So if you like music, check out the 10-parter at the beginning of the decade. All right. Uh, I had my nerve, for sure. I I always enjoy your shows. Please keep up the good work with the Rock Strikes 10 podcast. And thank you for handpicking the best of the decade here on Talking Metal. 2012, let's, uh, we're not going to go into too much detail here, but let's uh, talk about what you liked in 2012. The album of the year for you was... It was a band from Austin, Texas, closer to my neck of the woods. Uh, They're called The Sword. And they came into the beginning of the decade with some good buzz. They even got on the Metallica tour for Death Magnetic, if I'm not mistaken. And I think pretty much soon after that, they put out this album called Apocryphon. And that might be the best metal album of 2012. Uh, The Sword is interesting because as much as I love this album, uh, I was like, man, this is one of those bands that's going to rule the decade. Yeah. And the follow-up to this didn't really, not so much. It's one right. of those albums that you, like, maybe I just didn't get it the first time, but then you listen to it again, you're like, no, no, it just didn't really happen. So it's kind of one of the more disappointing things from this decade. But hopefully it doesn't uh, deter from the fact that Apocryphon by The Sword was one of the better metal albums of the decade, especially of 2012. I even said it has a Sabbath meets Devo thing going yeah. on sometimes. Yep. Definitely the Sabbath influence is there. I know they're big Melvins fans too. Uh, so if you, you know, just like that doom, but also like classic metal sound, this is a cool album. People should definitely check out. You'll mm-hmm. hear it on my countdown for sure at the end of, uh, at the beginning of the decade there. Cool. So and moving on to 2013, Hardcore Superstar is your pick. Tell us the name of the album and and why it was so great. Yeah, this is a band that if you were a fan of Hooks and the old Sunset Strip feel, and it's one of those things, once again, much like with Ghost, they're from Sweden. Right. And Yeah, because you hear the name, you think, I don't know, just reeks of like Hollywood and Sunset Strip, you know? Yeah, and this should be a terrible band because their name isn't that great. It's very generic. It's very 2000, like guys that wear those star shirts and the cowboy hats, you know. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, this is going to be terrible. Yeah, because you you hear that name and I'm like, oh, what are they, Papa Roach style or something, you know? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You would expect that for sure. But these guys, like, you know, I, you know, if you're a fan of Classic Crew and Faster Pussycat and the best L.A. Guns albums and all those things, plus that lead guitar player, man, that guy is underrated. He is a shredder and a half, but he doesn't ever, like, he doesn't, you know, over put himself on the record. Like, he'll throw it down when he needs to, but he's very tasteful, and that's very important for a, a right. rock guitar player, in my opinion. And there's... Yeah, the, the, go, go ahead. ahead. Well, I was just going to say, uh, finish finish your thought because I want to I want to hit a song off of this for sure. 
Yeah, but the album they put out in this year, 2013, Come On, Take On Me, or Come On, Take Me On. Come, Good, I, yeah, I don't Come On, Take Me On, yeah. Yeah, and, and that was this is the one that I really took notice of. I had heard him on the Rock and Roll Geek show and some other shows, but man, it was like a revelation when I heard the song Above the Law because uh, I, I think I told you in text that this might be my favorite song of the entire decade. Yeah, that's what I, I was going to say. It's a bold statement, so with, we definitely need to listen to that. Tell us again, it's Above above the Law by Hardcore yeah. Superstar from 2013 off the Come On, Take Me On album. According to Joey Haney, this is possibly the best song of the decade. That's a, that's a big statement. So, uh, cool, man. Let's check it out right now on Talking Metal.
2019 hardcore superstar with the song Above the Law. Uh, and just confirming, that is the name of the song, because in the text you sent me, it says Above the Caw. Oh, well, thank you, Autocorrect. <laughs> when, when have I ever typed the word caw? Caw. Oh, this is, yeah, yeah, we are above, in modern times, for above sure. The yes, above the law. Above the law. Okay. That's what I <laughs> Yeah, figured. that's one of those songs. I, I swear the first time I heard it, it was in the car, and I probably repeated it until I got to work and I had it on full blast and to this day if I come across it or I seek it out it probably gets played a minimum of like three or four times it's it's that good catchy as shit I, I love it so. right on 2014 is for Joey Haney the year of Devin Townsend let's talk about this uh is this like you got three albums for this year are they like yeah t- break yeah. it down for us 2014 yeah if you know anything about Devin Townsend he's the prolific guy in heavy metal like in and heavy metal is limiting to a guy like him in a sense I mean he's this is a guy that started playing with Vi who started playing with Zappa so it's that kind of a thing like a true artist he put out three albums in 2014 and they're all completely different right and and this is his peak in my opinion so I'll break them down real real quickly because really only like, I mean, two of them are kind of metal, uh, and one of them is not at all. So we'll start with that one. He put out an album called Casualties of Cool, uh, and this is one of those albums that truly you cannot put a pin on it and be like, it's this. You have to talk about four different genres. I think he described it as a science fiction Americana country uh, very little rock, acoustic based. It's you know, it's it's a weird album, but I love it. It's so different. It's the most original album I probably heard the entire decade. So if you're adventurous, check out his album. It's not even under his name. It's just called Casualties of Cool. That's the only way you're gonna find it. Right. Uh, so I, I actually did this one at the dentist office because <laughs> it's one of those albums. If you got the nitrous cranked up, because I don't, you know, I'm not a drug guy, so. I wanted to, this is one of those albums I wanted to check out in that kind of state of mind. So it works on both levels. Right. Okay. Uh, so there, there you go. A little, little, little interaction you could do with that one. <laughs> but, uh, he put out, then he put for out the double, dentist's office. Yeah. 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 I did that one in Paul's boutique. You got to do those on hardcore heavy nitrous. Just right. a little, what, what is nitrous again? Is, oh, that's the gas stuff you breathe in. Yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, okay. It's just like, you know, right. yeah. The stuff that, that's supposed to numb you, you know, so you don't feel too much. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Just make sure you request extra nitrous and they'll usually do it without <laughs> okay. charging you because they understand they don't want you to scream. Right. Uh, right. So, but then Devin, uh, as far as like a physical release, he put out this double album, but they were two separate albums. But I was, it was cool that I was able to buy them like kind of like a two for the price of one thing. So it was under the name Z2. And so if you're looking for the CD, you're going to look for right. something called Z2. But the two albums that are separate but together, one's called Dark Matters and the other is called Sky Blue. So Dark Matters is a sci-fi concept metal opera yeah some really great hooks and stuff on there too some great production yeah. a really excellent record yeah about an alien the you know i don't want to get into it but it's it's a concept a and little a cheesy at times but i oh, love cheese you know massively cheesy and chris yeah. jericho plays a role in it like there's acting in it so it, it's it's a weird record but it's really neat super original and then there's one that's more of the basic 
like Devin Townsend sound, but with a little more hooks in it. That one's called Sky Blue. Almost Alan Parsons project-ish at times, but also, you know, keeping with, you know, the uh, heavy epic sound of the Devin Townsend project. So he's an interesting guy. I love him. Absolutely. And like you said, been giving us really great groundbreaking music for so long, going way back to Steve Vai through Strapping Young Lad, through the solo stuff, the Devin Townsend project and Devin Townsend band and everything else. So, and just plain old Devin Townsend. So yeah, great, great artist and performer and definitely put out some just potent music back in 2014. Um, we're gonna, yeah, let's, do you have a song from that one? No, I'm just going to say these are full albums that need to be okay. listened so let's not, to and yeah. not broken up. <laughs> let's, because, because we are limited on time, let's not yeah. play anything from that. We'll encourage the listeners to go check that out on their favorite streaming services or download it or find the CD or whatever. Uh, 2015, kind of the, uh, the swan song for one of the greatest uh, hard rock bands a band that always said they didn't like to be considered metal so who, who are we talking about here uh, it's a band yes they play rock and roll it's motorhead right uh and yes this was the final album for motorhead in 2015 it was called bad magic i gotta say and it was awesome they, really course, good stuff yeah they they you know we're on a, a album cycle you know, they never stopped putting records out pretty much every year or every other year. And where they put out, I think, three in this decade, I think the last one was the best one. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know what you're getting, but it was a little bit higher quality on this one, in my opinion. And not that the other ones weren't good. It's almost like a, you know, like a seven on a 10 scale versus an eight or a nine or something like that. So still very good. Good note to go out on. Of course, we all miss Lemmy, but, you know, don't weep for Lemmy. You know, he lived his life, and he gave us a ton of stuff. We're very thankful for him and grateful for him. And, uh, yeah, so just uh, crank up some Motorhead. Bad Magic if you're going to do something new. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's weird how they're, like, of all the albums they ever did, and then they finish off the album with Sympathy for the Devil. Right, You know, yeah. it's like... Okay, yeah, that makes total sense. Why not, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And we will. Uh, let's see. Have we played it? We haven't. We didn't play a song for. We let's played do one the hard. For the next one. Yeah. Okay. We'll play. Yeah, we'll play one for the next one. Let's move ahead. 2016. All right. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, let's talk about this. A lot of good stuff, actually, according to you, came out in 2013. Gojira, right? 16, yeah. Oh, what did I say? You said 13. Oh, 2016, sorry. 2000, anyways, uh, 2016, what was going on that year? You know, this. I had a hard time just picking one. Uh, I will get it down to one, but I did want to mention a few of them. Uh, a lot of younger bands, newer bands, maybe some not so new, but like by comparison to what we normally talk about, you know, like Motorhead and Priest and stuff like that. So this is a three-way uh, tie for 2016? Is that what's it, going on? It, it kind of is, but okay. I do have a favorite amongst the three. I just wanted to mention them to the listeners. Uh, check out a band from Philadelphia called Nothing. The album is called Tired of Tomorrow. Uh, they have two albums out this, or three albums out actually from this decade, but Tired of Tomorrow is the record to get by them. It's, it's so good. It's definitely got, it's it, it, for metal guys. If you're more into the Deftones, 
Uh, it's got a lot of elements of that. I don't know if they would even yeah. appreciate that comparison, but right. it's right. that with mixed with some of the more alter- heavy alternative. People call it shoegaze sometimes, like Jesus and Mary Chain and and Hum and bands like that. But it's a really, really good record, a wall of sound of guitars. So you really should check that album out. It's one of my favorites of the whole decade. And then all the way over there in France, Gojira, who's been around for a while, but I think this album Magma uh, is probably their best album. But once again, like it's a little more melodic than their other albums have been. So that's just me. But Magma is a good one to check out uh, if, if you haven't heard that one yet. And, and yeah, great album and just a great live band. If, if you've never seen them live, I've now seen them, I think, twice. Yeah, twice. Once in Montreal, once in New Jersey. And just fantastic band live so good and i i love their some you know i know we got a lot of uh, people all over the political spectrum and uh, stuff but i i love that that they're they're kind of politically uh charged and they're you know they're they're very environmentally friendly but do it with this fierce uh attack there's something really cool about gojira i, I think they're a great band yeah, good good point too. That's like uh, the guys over near me, Power Trip. Like, you would think that they would be total meatheads, but they're not. <laughs> so, yeah. Right, um, right. So, but speaking of Texas, the one I think 2016, the best best album. And I'll build this up a little bit because I I, I try to be, I'm trying not to be that old guy, you know, like a little bit sometimes. I try to help. If I'm gonna like talk bad about a band or something like that, I'm gonna try to have an answer to the to the problem. So, of course, one of the big to dos this decade as it concerns like newer rock bands is like the rising of Greta Van Fleet and how divisive they are. You know, some people love them, some people are like, really? I think we kind of heard this already. So I'm kind of more into the like not that big of a fan of theirs if, if it, the same and i did the same thing with wolf mother for the obvious reason right uh you can't but stand wolf band, mother but yeah <laughs> right it's so so, just, so uh, horrible and people yeah. love them people think they're yeah. the greatest thing ever yeah. they're like so for you zeppelin queens guys, of the stone or? stone age and wolf mother are great i'm like are you even mentioning those two <laughs> bands in the same fucking sentence i mean it's like yeah. One one's a brilliant artist. The other one's like a freaking clone. I mean, I can't stand Wolf Mother. Yeah. So, like, for those guys that, like, we, if you really want Zeppelin back, you need to find it with a little bit more creativity. And I think this band has it. So there's a band from Austin, Texas. They have two albums out and hopefully another one on the way. So it's been, like, almost four years now. But this band, Scorpion Child. If you haven't heard Scorpion Child, you got to go check them out. I think they even did some shows with Ace, by the way, this year. Uh, but uh, their second album, Acid Roulette, it's just one of the best albums I've heard. It, it, whether you're just a rock and roll guy or a metal guy, I think equal parts. People will love this record if they give it a shot. Cool. All right. Well, without further ado, let's hit a song. Um, you gave me yeah. three bands. What What are you What are you feeling? Yeah, let's stick with Scorpion Child. Uh, okay. It's the last song on the album, which I feel like I'm almost kind of spoiling the album, but this is the one I would play for people, so let's just do it. It's called Addictions. Come and take my hand And understand That we are one I know 
little scorpion, scorpions, scorpion, scorpion child with addiction. Scorpion child, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Good stuff, Joey. Thank you for all the hard work you've done programming this episode and combing through the decade 2010 to the end of 2019, picking us out some great music. Uh, I am excited for your reveal here on two, for 2017, which is what we're up to now, because this is a band you turned me on to. And they've had a number of records, but this one specifically that came out in 2019, I just thought was so good. Tell us the, the album and the band, if you don't mind, Joey. Well, the album is Amber Galactic, and the band is the Night Flight Orchestra. And I first heard about these guys on Denko Jones's podcast, actually, with the singer on there. And I wasn't a fan of... Uh, Skindred, I think, is the band. Right. <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, made not up even, of members a... of you know Arch Enemy and yeah. and yeah, Skindred and uh, who else? Yeah. Somebody yeah, else. I, yeah, I don't know. It's supposed to, it's like a quasi supergroup, but more like a European modern metal thing. But is it soil work? Go... Soil work, right? Soil wanna... work. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I Skindred. I'm yeah. sorry for yeah, the sorry Skindred work. fans. Yeah, yeah soil work. So, yeah. Yeah, I almost wasn't even going to listen to that episode of Denko Jones, but like I, you know, I went ahead and listened to it, and I'm so glad I did because maybe I would have never gotten into this band. And the, I didn't hear one song by this band for a whole hour. Just heard him describe the journey and how he would be on tour with these bands and talk about AOR rock from the 70s and 80s, and how the concept was: let's build a band like that. And it's almost like I, I theorize that they just write down a whole bunch of bands and put them in a hat, yeah. pick one out, and like we're going to write a song that sounds like this. And it could range from Elton John and Toto to Kiss and Journey. and like It doesn't stray too far from AOR 75 through 85. Yeah, I mean, they got and that it, yacht rock thing going at yeah. times, but they also have, yeah. like you said, like a Kiss, Cheap Trick. You know, it's like a Journey you hear. I mean, it's like there's so much stuff thrown in the pot, and it just this album again if there's one album by this band you're going to check out or uh, do do this one because again just such a great album the night flight orchestra amber galactic uh so good so good what's your favorite song on this album i don't know there's a lot of them i really feel like <laughs> it's like the album that you can just kind of listen to all the way through i have the uh the vinyl of this which has on the it has a, a bonus track, uh, "Just Another Night" by by Mick Jagger cover, which is yeah. brilliant. I think I like it better than than the Mick Jagger cover, and I love the Mick Jagger version, and I love the Mick Jagger version. But uh, oh. I, I think maybe "Sad State of Affairs." I'm not sure. There's a lot of great stuff. What about you? What are your favorites? That's a good one. I, I think that's not a bad intro to them if you're not familiar. "Sad State of Affairs" is a pretty good one. All right, we should do that. Let's do it right now on Talking Metal. This is the Night Flight Orchestra from, what, Joey, 2017, right? Yeah, yeah. With the song Sad State of Affairs off of the greatest album of 2017, Amber Galactic. Here we go.
right, you're listening to Talking Metal's Best of the Decade, as programmed by Joey Haney. He has his own podcast, podcasts, plural. Um, but for an intro for music lovers, I suggest checking out the Rock Strikes 10 podcast. Always great music and insight on that podcast by Joey Haney. We also do the Talking Rock podcast together, Joey and I, which is a, yes. a talk-based podcast which uh, you can listen to on talkingrock.net and also subscribe to it on your favorite podcasting platforms it doesn't come out on a regular weekly basis like talking metal it's kind of like when when we do it we do it and then we give it to you guys so um yeah. yes stay subscribed and check your feed because the you know you're you're usually getting at least an episode or two a month from from us yeah. on talking rock so great stuff. I really appreciate you taking the time to join us on this episode, Joey, and provide us with some of the best music of the decade. Of course, guys, we want to hear what you think some of the best music of the decade was. Please hit us up on Twitter at TalkingMetal.com and remind me of some of the great music that came out this past decade and uh, maybe we'll share some of those tweets and, and Facebook comments and stuff on uh, a future episode of this podcast. Oh, there goes my phone. Somebody, oh, somebody's uh, hitting me up on Patreon. Mike yeah. Jones. Yeah. And that's another way to support what I do is the Patreon page. If Talking Metal and Talking Rock, if those two podcasts aren't enough for you, <laughs> I do a weekly podcast and even like my dog died yesterday which fucking sucked and the day you know you probably won't hear this until a few weeks from now but I, I even forced myself to do a podcast which was the last thing I wanted to do and that was the uh, the weekly Mark Striegel show podcast which is exclusive to our patrons on Patreon and that hits every single Friday at 6am you get that podcast so uh, there you go uh, check me out there. And of course, you don't get it unless you contribute at least $2 a month to our Patreon page. And if you do $5 a month, you get the podcast and you also get a, a t-shirt sent out to you. And we have lots of great discussion. I try to get up a weekly exclusive video where I'm ranting and raving to the patrons too, although I haven't been too great with that the last couple of weeks, but I'll, I'll make sure that happens. And yeah, so Patreon, a great place to support what I do with this podcast and the other podcasts. So anyways, we are up to 2018, Joey. Yeah. Oh, What's by the way, on? yeah. Oh yeah. Other quick with the plugs. I, uh, I love, if you're like me and you ever scroll through YouTube and they show like the quick movements of some of the videos to try to entice you to watch it. Yeah. I always get a kick out of seeing you show up as oh, I'm scrolling really? through for marking the minivan and stuff like that. Yeah, so I've been trying to do more of those. Stuff. Oh, cool. Some yeah, people don't like so. those because they say I'm too negative. I've had people yeah. like criticize me and send me, are you okay? You seemed really upset. <laughs> so, I will say... in these towns? Come on. Like, yeah. You just can't help it. <laughs> I, I do. I do want... I, so my goal with marking the minivan was to kind of... I used to hate Andy Rooney on 60 Minutes because I, th I thought he was just over the top and crazy. But um, I, that was kind of my goal with Mar just a short little rant. They usually end up being more than two minutes. They end up going on for like five to ten minutes. But just kind of like a stream of consciousness little rant on something or, or another uh, reviews and, and stuff. So, 
Yeah, yeah, good, good stuff. Uh, thank you. Or at least I think they're. Uh, but thanks for uh, the Mark and the minivan plug. Lots of Mark Striegel stuff out there. If you want it, you can find it. Anyways, we are on to 2018 with Joey's picks from the from the decade. Um, I don't know. My phone opened here, so tell me again what was what was the 2018 pick for you? Well, it's easy enough. I mean, I, I'm a little guilty of I'm not as current on these latest two years as I probably right. should be. And uh, I will have that rectified by the top 100 countdown, I promise. Okay. It will be a very scientific list. But I, I say it's a pretty easy one to go with. This is this is probably not too much of a risk to put it on for the year. And uh, I know you had an interesting journey with this album as well. It's Firepower by Judas Priest. Uh, you know, I was, I was a little let down by Redeemer of Souls. I, I yes. thought that you know it had the potential as, as, as if I could use a cliche. I, I honestly, and I usually hate when people talk about the production because I feel like that's kind of a you know get out easy kind of thing. But right. honestly, I think the production did suffer on Redeemer of Souls. But man, came back in a big way on Firepower. It had a little bit of everything from the history of the band, in my opinion, and. You know, I I just really enjoyed this album a lot. It, it always puts me in a good mood. It feels like, you know, the mighty priest. And, you know, so I, I just love it on that uh, on that principle. So I had to go with firepower. Absolutely. Andy Sneap did a great job of guiding them with that record and then actually joining the band kind of as a, at least temporary member and great record. Definitely uh, one of the best hard rock heavy metal records of the year for me i will even though this isn't my uh my picks on this show i will just give a big shout out for me um that year was all about ghost again with prequel uh and it was a, a very poppy record uh for tobias the you know andrew lloyd weber man behind the scenes for ghost he really uh was out to prove himself because you know their the lawsuit the band had kind of broken up and he had claimed there never was a band and other guys claimed that Ghost was a band and were suing him so so this was really a, a step for him uh, to really show himself uh, as an artist and to prove he didn't need whoever these other guys were that were in the band that were claiming they were responsible for the ghost sound, which they may or may not have been. I have theories on that. It's a whole nother discussion, but yeah. I thought pre Cal and it's a pop record. It really is yeah. a pop record, but yeah. I, you know, I love things off of every ghost record, but there was something, I don't know, maybe it was my emotional state uh, of 2018, but there's something that connected with me on that record like no other record in recent times. So I, I did want to just give a, a big shout out to that record and uh, say that that, without question, was my favorite album of the year. And for me personally, no other album came close. But but Firepower, having said that, great record. And in some ways more straight ahead hard rock and, and heavy metal. Although I do think the Ghost record had you know some great metal elements on it and some great pop hooks you know so yeah there you go and, and that's a good full circle because you know it's hard to not talk about ghosts because they put out like what four studio albums two eps and a double live album they pretty much had almost something out every year and that's that's what that that's why i had that mentality of this is why i love this band 
it has that kiss thing, you know, it's like, there's always something out. And, and even that mystique that they had like kiss for the longest time. I mean, the fact that they kept it up that long in this day and age, you know, in the social media world and everybody's got a camera, like the fact that they kept it going that long and we didn't know who they were and the fact that it took legalese for all the reveal to happen. I mean, yeah, people knew kind of for a while was Tobias, but still didn't know who the other people were either. Right on. Uh, but and I definitely want to shout out to the live album. A lot of people probably haven't even gotten that live oh, that's album. That's a great Ceremony record. Yeah. Ceremony Recorded in San Francisco. Ocean. Yep, great stuff. Yeah, that's like their that's like their Kiss Alive. It's like a double live album. It catches you up on the first three albums. It's great. And the vinyl packaging is tremendous, by the way, if you're a fan of that stuff. So right. Well, I tell you what. Uh, before we go off on, a, well, it's too late now. We've gone off on a ghost tangent, but I want to sp- speak a little bit more about ghosts. But let's let's hit something off of firepower. Yeah, sure, absolutely. What do you want to hit? Well, let's do rising from ruins. Cause, right, uh, great one. That to me is the peak of the album. It's so epic, and it's it's a little bit of everything. It, it could have. There's a little bit of sin after sin. There's some painkiller. It's just, I love it. Yes. Yeah. And and this was an important record for me. I, I truly believe and was told that I was the first person in, one of the first people in the country to hear the record. And I've gone through that story before. Uh, I, I interviewed Scott, Scott from Judas Priest. And before I did the interview, many months before the record came out, they had me sit down and listen to it. I believe it was actually in 2017 that I heard it. Um, But anyways, great stuff. And here we go. A little Judas Priest from 2018 here on Talking Metal. Devil, dare to dream by 
Joey, thank you so much for delivering so many uh, important records, stuff that people may have uh, overlooked and, and not remembered. And, you, you know, you're bringing back memories for me. So it was a great decade for music. And I appreciate all the hard work you do. Uh, promoting the the bands and the music we love, not only here on Talking Metal, but on your own platforms such as uh, the Rock Strikes Ten podcast and on our Talking Rock podcast. It's always great hanging with you. I will just go on record saying that my favorite music, uh, the four studio albums, the live album, the the EPs that they put out, without a doubt of the past decade has been Ghost. I, I think no one comes close uh, for me. And I'm glad we had you do this list and not me because it would just it would have been Ghost, 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 <laughs> Ghost, and more Ghost. So <laughs> there you go. I, I highly recommend just my own personal thing for anyone wanting to hear the greatest music recorded of of the decade is uh, is Ghost and go to any of their releases um, and and check that that shit out because it, it is it was just fantastic and still is fantastic and I look forward to another decade with with Ghost. Um, I will say that 2019 was an interesting year. You suggested maybe I pick out a song for 2019, right, Joey? Yeah, just to just shadow the fact that album. I haven't done my homework yet. Yeah, yeah so everything <laughs> on this episode has been picked by Joey, with the exception of the best of 2019. I will say some friends of mine really put out great music this year. Of course, Dan Lorenzo with... with uh, I'm looking at it right here. Dan puts out so many much new music, I forget. Oh, Vessel of Light. Yeah. was uh, some strong riffage on that record, Thy Serpent Rising. Again, these are friends of mine. I'm giving a shout-out to them. Ron Keel had some great music out with the Ron Keel band. I do yeah. uh, like it when you guys support my friends. Altitude and Attitudes by my friend Frank Bello from Anthrax. Uh, so a lot, of, a lot of great stuff um, out there. And I would uh, encourage you guys to, to check that that stuff out. And... For me, the best album of 2019, as far as heavy, loud rock goes, everyone always debates, are they metal? Are they not metal? Or what are they? Is Tool, Fear Inoculum, uh, a great record. I was lucky enough to score one of the few physical copies of the CD, which the packaging is just like nothing I've ever seen. You open it up, there's like a, a video screen that starts playing images inside. I'm, I'm holding it right now. Uh, just, just absolutely insane, and the music uh, was just. I'm opening it right now. I guess it takes a minute for the video to kick in. I thought maybe you guys. Yeah, you hear all sorts of weird stuff, but absolutely great, great album, and uh, I really, really love it. And we will end with uh, the title track off of that. This is a uh, Fear Inoculum by Tool. As always, thank you, Joey, for contributing and and your time. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me on talking metal still the best. And it's always an honor to be on. And I'll just quick plug top 100 albums yes. of the decade rock, hard rock, metal, punk, and otherwise at the beginning of 2020 on rock strikes 10. Right. Subscribe to that today on your favorite podcasting outlets. I, I always want to say iTunes, but I guess technically <laughs> if you're not on a, a 
actual desktop or laptop computer, iTunes no longer gives you podcasts. You have to get the Apple podcasting app for that, which hasn't everyone was worried that was going to. Yeah, it was going to hurt hurt download numbers it hasn't for talking metal thankfully and i I like the google podcasting app too by the way guys that's a a great platform to get your podcasts on and that'll do it this is tool with fear inoculum for all the the music that is going to be released in 2020 go to talkingrock.net every friday we'll have the new releases up for you with samples that you can listen to and and we kind of try to handpick the stuff we think you guys would be interested in so remember 2020 is going to have a lot of great new music. Oh, you know what else was great from 2019? That Kane Roberts record. I thought thought that was really... That was a fun record. Yeah, it was really good. And I may may actually come back and just kind of recap some of the stuff that was released in, in 2019 on another episode. I'm not sure if I'll have time for that before the end of the year. But in theory, I like to think I'm going to do that too. But anyways, happy new year, guys. And have a great, safe holiday and we'll uh we'll talk to you more we'll see you in 2020 thank you joey thank you this is tool from 2019 